All right, everybody, we are so glad that you're here. I want to say a big hello to anybody checking this out on YouTube, or maybe you want to get a double dose. I like a double dose sometimes, so uh, you can subscribe to our channel and follow that. But I want to say hello to anybody watching. We're so glad wherever you are. We're thankful for technology, but let's say it together. There's nothing like being in the room. And uh, you can't get this online. And so there's power when we get together corporately as a church and worship God. So we honor all of you for being here today. Again, if it's your first time, I think you picked a great one to be a part of because we've coined this one Vision Sunday. And here's why. A couple of times a year, we kind of like to take a pause from the series type of flow where we're preaching um, either verse by verse or, or, or certain areas or topics. And we just want to update you. We want to give you not only some calendar updates, but some updates spiritually about what God has done in our church in our 20-month history. <laughs> you know, it's like, God, we've been here a long time, bro. You've been here 20 months, okay? <laughs> but look what the Lord has done. And we don't want any of that credit. That glory doesn't look good on us anyway. Glory looks real good on Him. So we give Him all the praise and the glory, but we want to give you a fresh vision and I'll tell you more about that in just a minute, but I wanna just kinda of update you on a few things. And the first would be Serve My City. Serve My City is what we affectionately call our outreach arm. So it's, it's the church being the church beyond the walls of a building. How many know church is not a building? We are the church. Wherever we are, the church goes. And so Serve My City is our chance to go show the love of Christ and meet practical needs. And so we love to do that in a variety of ways, whether it's disaster relief with sending money via Convoy of Hope to Maui or whether it's um, right here with our own hurricanes, both in last year and Adalia. Praise God, it didn't hit us, but uh, we, we're thankful that we have teams and people serving in those areas where it did hit up in that Cedar Key area. Thankful that it was kind of marshlands instead of developed, but there's still damage there. And so Serve My City is our chance to go love on people and I just put a date here because we've had eight to 10 partners over the course of this year where we've now done that expression on a monthly basis. And we would invite you into it. It doesn't have to be your every month thing. That's okay if it's not your thing. I would encourage you to be a part of it. Do it as a family. It's powerful when you get together and your kids, when they understand how good they got it. Come on, parents, I'm trying to help you. Yeah. Get them in those environments where they can see what it looks like to think about others and not just themselves. And, I would invite you to that this month because we love this generation and we believe in them and we're going to fight for them and tell them who God says they are. We love to serve schools. And so we're serving at two projects this Saturday, Quail Hollow Elementary and Oasis Pregnancy Center. We love to fight for the unborn. So we serve them as often as we can. As a matter of fact, we painted one of their facilities in Wesley Chapel. We painted the whole thing. We're like, y'all are taking care of single moms and we'll just paint. What do y'all need? Y'all do, do what you do. We'll do what you want to do but don't have the time to do and so we support them in that way we'd invite you out to be a part of that of course city groups come on city groups not only launch from a directory standpoint today oh by the way we got 25 groups for you everybody yeah that's all the city group people like yeah everybody else is like what's a city group i'll tell you in just a minute but we love to connect between the Sundays in relational type of settings. So this summer we had 22 groups and today we're launching over 25 groups. Groups are still coming in. So God is growing that area of our church. And we almost had as many people in a group between the Sundays as we, as we were having on Sunday. Come on. That hurts my feeling a little bit. Like y'all don't want to hear me preach, but no, that's good. I don't care. Look, you need, a, I mean, we need God's word, but we got more sermons than we're obeying. Okay. Let's be honest. So we need friendships and we need a place to flesh out 
the Word of God in our life. So I want to honor our leaders and ask every person. We have a group for you at every age and every stage, no matter what season of life you're in. We have a group for you, so find yours. But we love that God is using that in a great way to just grow us. Here's the way we say it. Connect relationally, grow spiritually. Okay, you can't grow spiritually until you connect relationally, honestly. God, God's plan is people. So you got to involve some people and you got to be a part of that process. Our grow team, which is what we affectionately call uh, volunteers. We're not trying to build a volunteer army, everybody. Okay, just let me, let me. It's like, you're trying to build an empire. No, we're not. I'm trying to get you into a place of fulfillment. I'm trying to get you into a place to where you realize the guy with the mic is not the only one called. You're called. I found my place, but we'd be better if you'd find yours. This year, we've had 43 new people go through that process and join the grow team. And we celebrate that, not just because it's a big number. We celebrate that because we know more people are, are overcoming their sin struggles and overcoming the issues and the doubts and the insecurities that we all have because they've got something in their life bigger than their problems. Let me say this. I can't solve all your problems. That's called life. And if I could, guess what? Another set's coming as soon as we fix that one. But I can offer you something in your life bigger than your problems so that you see your problems the right way. Oh, God's got that. I'm going to be about my father's business and I'm going to trust him to handle everything in my life. Is that, is that encouraging? Yes. Encourages me. Uh, let me tell you about Palm City Kids. Last week we had 75 kids. Let's, go. Let's extend a hand in prayer right now. <laughs> father, oh my God. I saw that number and I was like, uh, Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up the... So thankful for our Palm City Kids team. If you need a place to make an impact, not only in our church, not only for the kingdom of God, but in the life of a future leader, a now leader. There may be a Billy Graham back there. There may be a T.D. Jakes back there. there may, you never know who you're investing in. And so we can invest in them and call out their God-given identity. And, but we also had a summer conference for our kids. We called it Summer Jam, over 60. We made it completely free and over 60 people came and was a part of that. But I think God's blessing that area, honestly, for a lot of reasons. There's, there's great leaders. He loves kids. But I, I think us having live teaching in there every week is making a huge difference. I think the fact that we're not just doing video curriculum because we got enough screen time, okay? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at anybody who does. It's, it's an amazing resource, but we just have a conviction here at Palm City that we're gonna teach the Bible. And that if you have a, a gift of teaching and you wanna pour into that next generation, that may be an area where you can make a difference in the lives of those coming right behind us. Because if the church is only successful in our generation, we failed. Our hope is that our kids, our grandkids can take this church and God's kingdom further than we ever could. And so we invest heavily, both financially and from a resource standpoint in that area. This year, we've had 31 people go public with their faith and be water baptized. So we celebrate that. That's a big deal. Because that's kind of where the rubber meets the road. You know, you're like, okay, everybody's going to know now. I'm inviting accountability. Once I go public, it's on. But I would encourage you to take that step of faith, not only to follow the, the example of Jesus himself, who was God and yet was water baptized, but just to bring in that strength of saying, hey, I made a private decision that was between me and God, but I know God wants to use other people and he wants me to go public with that decision. The old is gone when I go into the waters of baptism and the new has come. I'm being buried with Christ and I'm being resurrected with him. It is symbolic. That's why it's a sacrament. 
So I'd encourage you to do that. Let me share this number with you. I'm really excited. I saved it for last. We've had 110 documented salvations just this year. I see some hands in the back. Are you, are you praising God or getting saved? You know, pray. Write it down. But listen, that's not the evangelistic. Like, there's a hand, there's a hand. 7, 10, 15, 20. That's not that. That's documented decisions of, hey, I gave my life to Christ. And they're not duplicates. So it's not people getting saved every week. They need a conversation. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you don't, Christ died once for all. You don't have to. Now, it's good to live a lifestyle of repentance, but you ain't got to get saved every week. Praise God for that. Amen? Amen. Fifty-five of those salvations have happened in Palm City Kids. Where those babies are saying, you know what? I've decided to follow Jesus. I hear the words of Scripture saying, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they get older, they will not depart. And a child that gives their life to Christ at an earlier age is a lot more likely to follow him for their entire life. So we're doing everything in our power through generosity to resource that area. I just wanted to celebrate it. Can we do that? Can we give God praise? Yeah. But we're just getting started. But this is only the beginning. I, I believe God's saying, you, you hadn't seen nothing yet. If we would just get our heart focused on not playing church, but being the church, what could God do through a group of imperfect people like us? I want to find out, and I want to do it with you. And so we are super excited to have Vision Sunday because vision is important for our lives. Here's what Habakkuk 2 says, the Old Testament prophet. He says, then the Lord answered me. For those who don't think God answers prayer, he does. Write the vision and make it plain. That's one of my primary functions as a pastor is to get vision from God and make it clear. Why? Because clarity brings strength. Clarity brings direction. And you'll notice that it says that he may run who reads it. You can't run if you can't read it. And it can't be read unless it's clear. So we stress vision. We put it everywhere. We share it as often as we can, not to be a resounding you know, voice robotic memo, but because vision is important. It sets the area and the path at which we're running. And God is the author of clarity and the devil is the author of confusion. Yeah, and when you don't know what to do, guess what? You don't do anything or you get stuck in some trivial things that end up creating more issues in your life. And God wants to set you free, but you got to have clarity in order to run the race marked out for you and do it with perseverance. Amen, church? Amen. Here's how Helen Keller said about vision. I love this. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. Vision's important. Many of us are seeing naturally but we're looking through the lens of fear. We're looking through the lens of doubt, through the lens of insecurity, through the lens of what if, instead of through the lens of faith. And the proverb tells us where there's no vision, the people perish. Now, nobody's going to tell you, like, if we don't have vision Sunday, we're going to die. No. <laughs> All those who didn't attend vision Sunday perished. Not true. It, it's not a physical death. It's an internal death. When you can't see what God has for you, 
All you can see is your now or your mistakes or your past or your biggest issues or your biggest fears. Your soul becomes hopeless and you have a sense of perishing on the inside. Everything looks good on paper. I've got a beautiful spouse. I've got some great kids. We got some soccer practice, but I'm empty. I'm dying on the inside. Why? Because I don't have any vision for my life. And so we wanted to have a week where we have Vision Sunday because we need vision as a church and we got lots of it. But you need it for your life as well. And I'm hoping I got one assignment today and that would be to help you get a vision for your life and then fit that into the church. Like, you don't, what, let's don't compartmentalize church as an hour on Sunday. Let me say it this way. Don't box it, build it. Don't box it into this one area of your life. No, give your life to God and his church. Build it and watch you have more vision and more purpose than you've ever had before. I'm telling you, I'm someone who's lived that, lived pretty much every way you can. And there's no better way than following Christ in full surrender and trust of him. I'm just, I'm just telling you the truth. Take it from somebody who's went the wrong way and had the sufferings of that and came back through grace. Anybody thankful for grace? Had a second chance to follow God and I ain't turning back because now I got proof. And a man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an argument. You can argue all day that God's way ain't better. Eh, Not going to get me. All right. So let me. So that's kind of last year and while we're having Vision Sunday, let me give you a few dates for the rest of the year just from a calendar standpoint. So that you can have vision of what we're doing as a church. And you can be a part of much of it as you want to be. And my hope would be that with church, the only thing you hate about it is you got to wait six days to get it again. That, that's my hope. You'd be like, oh, pastor, I'm so upset. Oh, boy, here we go. What is it? we got to wait six days. Oh, praise God. Don't do that to me again, you know. <laughs> I, I think church should be that. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Church should be enjoyed, not endured. So many times we're enduring it. No, enjoy it. God has plans for you. So next week, we're starting a brand new series called Asking for a Friend. And we're doing it because I know you don't have any problems. You're perfect, right? But you may have some friends. And so I'll come and get some questions answered for them. So we we thought that was clever. I'm sorry. Asking for a friend. But here's the whole thesis of the series. We surveyed you at Easter and we're taking the five top responses of what you want to hear Bible teaching on and what is frustrating you in your everyday life. And we're going to build messages and preach and we're going to look to the scriptures because we know life's a puzzle, but God has answers. And God knows the strategy and how to piece it together. So we're going to look at God's word around those five topics like unforgiveness and are we in the last days? Spiritual warfare. What's up with this warfare thing, man? Is that hoaxy or is that real? We're going to talk about parenting. You're somewhere like, praise God, you know. I love them, but I may murder them, but I love them. We're going to talk about all those things. November 5th, we're going to do at the movies. Last year we did two. This year we're going to do three. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah, we are. You're like, what's at the movies? Well, we, we say it's where church and movies meet, but it's what Jesus did. Jesus took complexities and he simplified them through stories. So he was always trying to find a way to convey spiritual truth, but nobody got it. That's why the disciples, they'd talk to him and they'd be all swagged up like, yeah, I got it. And they'd get off the side and be like, what were you talking about? And he never embarrassed them, which I love that. But, but you know, they had agriculture at, at their, so he would use their life and tell stories to convey spiritual truths. Well, movies are modern day stories. They're parables. And so we've looked for some movies that have redemptive messaging in them. And we're going to preach and we're going to eat popcorn and drink Coke. It's going to be great. I say all that to say these are two very evangelical seasons of our church where you can invite your friends. So if you're like, what are we preaching on before I bring them? Okay, I just told you. 
So bring them. It's going to be good. December 10th is another date I would encourage you. It's called Legacy Sunday. Uh, we do it once a year. We don't raise offerings and do campaigns or anything like that. We know we give you a space to worship God with your tithes and offerings because we believe it's worship. It's not a business transaction. You're not giving to a church. You're giving through a church. So we give you space to do that. But once a year, we kind of, right around the Lord's birthday, we're like, this is our gift to you. We have an above and beyond offering. Anything above and beyond what we normally give, we just bring that to Jesus. And then we give that away to local, national, and international missions, as well as our church plant. That's the four areas. So just be praying about that if you want to participate. My only goal is not a numerical goal. I would love 100% of our church to be a part of that. Hey, we're all in it together. And then this is called December 24th. It's Christmas at Palm City. Yeah. So it's our second one. And what's interesting about this is this year, Christmas, falls on, Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday. Look at God. And so we'll have our two normal Sunday morning service times, but they won't be normal Sunday morning services. They'll be Christmas services. And if God keeps growing our church, we may add a third service to be continued. I don't know. But, so just be prepared for that so that you can plan and be a part of everything God is doing here. And then December 31st, Sabbath Sunday, okay? Have church at home and be with your families. We'll let our teams rest and get ready for the new year. And so that's kind of the, the calendar for the rest of the year. I want you informed so that you can read it and run with it. You got it? Say, I got it. I got it. We were praying about... Um, Vision Sunday, and obviously God has a, a vision to see people come to know him and be set free from their sins and their past so that they could find what God always intended for them to do and be a part of his family and make a difference. That, that's God's plan, but we, God, what, what, what do you want to do right here in this local context of your capital C church? And here's the phrase, like as we were praying, the phrase was resource relationships, resource relationships. And I don't know how God speaks to you, of course, through his word and through others and through the preaching of his word. And there's lots of ways God speaks. But in my prayer time, I just kept kind of hearing that phrase, like resource them relationally. So we try to do that. And one of the ways we've done that is in the city group space, we have a freedom curriculum. Okay, we're going to launch it. We have three groups that we're launching for this fall season. And the freedom curriculum is exactly what Galatians 5 says. That God didn't want to just save you, and he does, but he wants you to live free and on fire for him. But you can't because you got some struggles. You got some habitual challenges. You got some areas of your life, whether you created them or they're generational, that you got to get free from before you can really run the race marked out for you. And I'm excited that we're preaching worship in the Pursuit series and we're preaching evangelism and sharing your faith. But I, I felt like the Lord said, they can't do it until you help them get free. Yeah. So we created a curriculum that with a group of people in the context of a relationship, you can go one by one through the rejection and the abandonment and the addiction and the father wounds and all the issues that life gives us so that we can finally shed that weight and live free for Christ. Anybody excited about that? And if I've ever endorsed a group from stage, they're all great. we got great leaders. You could be a leader. I would endorse this one. If there's ever one group, I would say, I want every person in our church at some point to go through, it would start right here with freedom groups. The second area we were thinking about is screen time. Now, when you think about resourcing relationally, you think about um, just how can you help people have not just more time, you can't have more time, but 
make more moments with the time we have. And I'm up on my phone way too much, okay? Just look at your display, look at your battery life if you ever want some conviction, okay? Just. But I thought if we're on screens, we can either try to stop that all day, and it's good to take breaks and to fast that and to set it aside, it's good. But how can we make it more useful when we're there? And so what we've done is we've secured a Right Now Media link for every person in our church. Right Now Media, if you don't know, has tons of biblical theological resources that are good for kids and parenting and marriages. And come on, while you're watching Netflix, just pause that show that's doing nothing from you that me- other than messing up your sleep. Come on, I know they're out there. And put on something that can encourage you. And so every person, that if we have your email, you're going to get a link this afternoon with your account. So we got a subscription for you so that we can, if we're going to be on screens, let's grow. Let's learn. Let's be resourced relationally. And the church said a big amen. amen. Awesome. Thanks for the golf clap. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> to God be the glory. Let me give you our vision and then we'll pray today. We, we put it everywhere we can on signage, on socials, on YouTube, on the wall. <laughs> Praise God. And a lot of people are like, Palm City, we're, bro, you, state, state tree, Palm, Florida. That's not it. Although we will use that to our advantage. That's not it. It comes from the verse in Psalm 92 where the Bible says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree, planted, not potted, not church hopping, planted. In the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. It's where we got Palm City. Because the Bible says the righteous, not perfect people, just those who've been made right with God through Christ. Come on, if you've given your life to Christ, it's talking about you. And if you hadn't, you can do that today. It'll be talking about you. The righteous will what? Be perfect? Nope. Live pain-free? Nope. That's called life. That's called earth. (laughs) It's called a fallen world. The word flourish means productive, that God promises you a productive life this side of heaven. And if we will follow him, we can do that. And then the Bible says, oh, you want a visual? Is anybody visual? You want to know what a flourishing life in Christ looks like? Look at the palm tree. That's where we got Palm City Church. Palm City Church's vision is first to belong. We say belong to a family. Write that down, belong. You're more spiritual if you take notes. Not true, but maybe. (laughs) Belong. Our community is 70% unchurched. If we make people jump through a lot of hoops before they can get in a room and let the presence and power of God touch them, we've missed it. So what do we do? We say belong to the family. Let's work it out together. If we can get people in a room like this, at some point, God's so powerful. He's going to stir their faith, knock on the door of their heart, and they're going to have an opportunity to put their faith in Christ. We're all about that. That is a pink elephant in the room. We are not saved to say, bam, baby, there it is. Give your life to Christ. But we're going to start with belong to a family. Scripture tells us in Romans 15, warmly welcome each other into the church. How, Pastor Brian? I'm so glad you asked. As Christ welcomed you. So what did, what did he do for you? Did he, did he say, hey, get your act together? Don't, don't, don't come to church until you quit that. No. The Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we're going to warmly welcome our city, knowing that accepting them is not endorsing the choices they're making. We, we've got to quit thinking that loving people and meeting them where they are, which is what Jesus did, is somehow endorsing the choices they're making. It's not. 
And though their struggle may be more visible or more prominent, or you've deemed it a bigger issue to God, there is no unpardonable sin for our God. So we say belong to a family. What does that mean? It means we're committed to community. It means the words of Jesus in Matthew 11 were not get it together. They were come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We are committed to community. It's why we have city groups, which, oh, by the way, did I tell you the directory's live today? Find your group, find your group, so that you can connect relationally and grow spiritually. So we belong to a family. Number two, our vision, Palm City. Believe in what? Jesus. Believe in him and believe on him. I love what the Bible says in 1 Peter. It says, what a God we have. Can, can anybody just be thankful for the God we have? And how fortunate we are to have him, the father of our master Jesus. Because Jesus was raised from the dead. Amen. Thank you. We've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. Watch this. God doesn't just promise you heaven, and he does. But he says he will give you purpose and allow you to flourish until you get there. That is some great news. Thanks, Pastor Brian. My pleasure. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. Oh, I don't have to fear it. You got it. He's got the whole world in his hands. He does. The day is coming when you will have it all, healed and whole. That's heaven. Because God, watch his compassion. I know how great this makes you feel, even though you have to put up with every kind of aggravation in the meantime. Isn't God good? He says, I, I, I don't just, I'm not pointing you to some future date and leaving you to deal with your now. I'm pointing you to a future day and telling you, I, I see it. I, I know it's hard. I, I know it's hard to grow. I know it's hard to fight off culture and fight the good fight. Of, I know, but I see you, and I haven't forgotten you in it. And here's what it says. You never saw him, yet you love him. You still don't see him, yet you trust him. With laughter and singing, because you kept on believing, you will get what you're looking forward to, total salvation. Yeah. All that excites me. Belong to a family. Believe in Jesus because God is not our hobby. Church is not optional to us. I want to speak to the parents and say, listen, church is a priority. Why? Because what we tolerate, the next generation will embrace. If we treat church as optional, they'll treat it as trivial. If we don't make it a priority, they never will. We have to set the standard as parents. And I know there's tons of options and there's no condemnation for those in Christ. But make church a priority. It can be this one. I hope it is. But if it's not, make church a priority. His word is not flawed and he is worthy. He is worthy. Amen. Amen. We are committed to Christ. We're not just committed to a church service. We're not committed to a sermon. No, we're devoted followers of Christ. Imperfect people serving a perfect God. And if you're looking for a perfect church, Get ready to be unchurched because there's not one. The church became imperfect when we all showed up. It's true. But like a family, and we can be here with open lives, trusting God at his word to work his perfection in us and through us. We belong to a family. We believe in Jesus. And then the last pillar of our vision is become the person God created you to be. Now, this may be my favorite. I mean, the, you... You need to know you can, you can come and rest. You don't, you don't have to give and serve if you're not there. Just If you need to rest, just rest and receive and allow God to fan into flame 
those things that have been there before and they'll be there again. But at some point, you're going to need to make the decision to put your faith in Christ. And I'm challenging you to do it today. But if you need another, don't wait long. (laughs) But it's okay if it takes more than one sermon so that you don't become just a, a, a card signer. You become a fully devoted follower of Christ. Amen? Amen. And then together, let's become the person God created us to be. It's why we have the growth track. We're not building a volunteer army. We're, We're trying to see people as God sees them. How does God see people? He sees them not as they are, but as they could be. He doesn't see them as problems to solve. He sees them as potentials to develop. I'm so thankful that he doesn't look at me and go, what do we do here? Really didn't do very good when we made this one. Just me? Okay, cool. Thanks. I feel like that sometimes. Like, Lord, what am I doing? What am I doing here? I'm still such a hot, I'm under construction. But thanks be to God, he doesn't see me as I am. He sees me through his son. He sees me as I could be. When I get into my redemptive call, when I step into the, in the beginning, before the foundations of the world, he formed me in my mother's womb. He made me perfectly and fearfully. And if I ever connected with a God like that, I would be fulfilled. Here's how we say it. We're committed to calling. Committed to calling. 2 Peter chapter 1 says this. Make every effort to confirm your calling. Watch this. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. Wow. That's bold. I'm married. I was told to never say never. You never do this. You never do that. You, come on, husbands. Where you at? You better preach right now. You better... Never's a strong world. So if I confirm my calling, I'll never stumble. That's why we have the growth track. That's why we say, don't just sit. Be a part of the body of Christ. Well, how do I confirm my calling? Well, you got to find it. But you can't just find it. you got to use it. Using my calling is how I confirm my calling. Let me say it this way. Continual growth and progress in the Christian life is how you confirm your calling. So God will accept you as you are, but he doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to take you on a journey. But it takes two. You, you got to respond. Yeah. The invitation has been sent, but you have to activate it. Here's how we say it. We exist to see people and to help people flourish in a life-giving relationship with Jesus. That's the vision statement of our church. And we do it by making them feel like they're a part of a family, and they are. And we help encourage them to believe in Jesus and believe on him early and often and then don't stay there yeah you're going to heaven but don't live life without purpose become the person God created you to be amen everybody let's give God praise I'm so thankful we serve a God like that now I'm going to challenge you you're like I thought you just did and I don't I'm not going to say I don't I've asked the Lord to let his word pierce your heart. Because gone are the days where we can just come to a room like this and go through the motions. We've had too much controversy. We've been through too much as a society. There's been too much division. And I'm declaring from this point forward, we've got to do it together if we're going to do it at all. And today is the day of salvation. No more thinking that one day when. No more thinking that, let me get this tidied up, and I'll be about that. Here's number one. Stop the excuses. Whatever that means to you. No more faking. 
No more playing church. No more one day win. Today is the day of salvation. Remove the excuses. The Bible talks often about it, Luke 14. But they all alike begin to make excuses. The first said, I've got to do this. Please excuse me. The second said, I've got to do this. Please excuse me. Stop the excuses. You will never become the person God created you to be if you're committed more to your excuses than you are to Christ. That's not popular in church world today. And I'm not meaning it to hurt you, but if we hear the words of Scripture in Proverbs, the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. And if it wounds you, I'm trying to do it as a friend and a pastor because I care about you and I pray for you. And I don't want you to live hopeless and desperate and in despair in your soul when I know the solution. So I'm going to challenge you to step into it and stop the excuses. We're at a crossroads. You're at one and I'm at one. And there's a path that seems right, the Bible says, but in the end will lead to destruction. But there's also a path that the Bible in Psalm 16 says is the path of life. But the choice is ours. We either deal with our challenges and let God use them, or we hide them and continue to believe the lie. But you have to make a choice. Mark Twain said the secret of getting ahead is getting started. I'm encouraging you to start today. Start what? Stop making excuses and start living for God. There's also always going to be a reason. We've got a choice right here at this crossroads that I can either make excuses or I can make adjustments, but I can't make both. What will you do today? I'm going to stop making excuses. Number two, make the break. Make the break from what? Something or someone that you're never going to be able to keep living the way you're living and follow Christ. That's why the Bible says that God spits lukewarm out of his mouth. Not because he's mad at you and frustrated by you, because he knows you'll hate it. You'll be around God enough to not enjoy sin anymore. And you'll be sinning but feel condemned instead of worshiping God because you know you're not living for him. So he says, choose this day. Choose to follow me. Choose to live for me. And I, I want to encourage you, if you really want change, if you really want it, and I believe you do, you wouldn't be here on Labor Day. Come on, it's Labor Day. You're going to have to cut ties with some things. The Bible says it this way. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. It doesn't mean we don't love everybody. This is talking about common ground. Not just quantity of time, but quality of time. And a yoke was what they would put around the oxen's neck to plow the field. And yokes had two holes in them. So no oxen plowed alone. Oxen's plowed together. And what a yoke is saying, if I'm trying to go this path and plow my purpose and plow God's plan for me in my life, I've got to put on this yoke. But if I yoke together with someone who's not going in that direction, a house divided can't stand. You ain't going anywhere. So the Bible is not saying, oh, us and them, they're bad, we're good. Yay. No, it's not saying that. It's just saying you've got to make a choice. You can't be yoked together. Because what does righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Term for Satan. What, what, what does the believer have in common with the other believer? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. 
This was written to Corinthians who were very much like the Western world. They were overly sexual, they were super intellectual, and they had lots of money. That's the Western culture. If you make 40 grand, you're in the top 5% of the world in income. So you're like, that ain't me. No, that's you. That's us. And they were living this life thinking they could say the words and pray the prayers and do the church stuff, but do whatever they wanted to with their bodies. And the Bible says this is the temple. That when you give God your life, you're not just giving him lip service in your heart. You're giving him your life. And so it tells us, hey, come out. Come out from them and be separate. we got to make the break. you got to come out. God has distinguished you, marked you, called you. You're a 10 in some area. You can't stay where you started. It's okay to start there, but you can't stay there. God is saying today, come out from them and be separate and be anointed. Be a difference maker. Change your world. Influence them. Don't let them influence you. That thing pulling you back, get free from it so that you can run your race. That lie and insecurity and generational curse holding you back, get free from it so you can come out and lead the life God wants you to lead. It's quiet up in this church. Are you all with me? Yeah. I said amen. <laughs> amen, sister. And then lastly, fill the void. I grew up in church thinking it was stop, quit, don't or else. So it's not just stop the excuses. It's not just make the break. It's fill the void. The Bible says in Psalm 103 that God satisfies our desires with good things. It's okay to have desires. Most of the time we have a desire that we know is not of God and we run from God as if he doesn't understand. And yet he says, no, bring that to me too. And if you allow me, I'll fill it with something good. So it's not a sin to have a desire. It's what you do with the desire. And God says, bring it to me and I'll fill it with something good. And I'll get something great out of it for your life so that you, number one, can give your life to Jesus. How do I fill the void? Give your life to Christ. You can do that today. Notice I didn't say raise a hand. I didn't say join a church, sign a card. Great things. I said in the same way he gave you his life, give him yours. And it requires taking off some things and putting on some things. Ephesians 5 says this. Do not, next verse, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. You see that? So God says, don't do this, but I got something for you to do. So it's fill the void. And he uses wine there because it's a word of intoxication. We are so intoxicated with things of the world. And God's like, look, you need to just be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what you're really after. You're just trying to find generic forms of it. it. And only the genuine form can satisfy and fulfill you. So stop using substances in the internet and the clickbait and the pornography and all the... Quit chasing that. Don't be intoxicated on that. That's debauchery. That's an extreme indulgence and sensuality. Stop that. But don't just stop and... You know, good luck. No, I got my spirit. Let me fill you with the spirit. Let me empower you by faith. Let me give you something that you can overcome those temptations and you can live for me once and for all. God says, I see your emptiness and I see your desires and I do not reject you in them. But bring them to me and I will fill you with something that satisfies. Amen, church? Amen. Let's give our life to Jesus. Let's get in a group. We're committed to community. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, if we conceal our sins, we won't flourish. Notice it said don't have any. No, it says you have them, just don't hide them. 
And you ain't got to tell everybody, because that's weird. <laughs> We're not going to do open mic night and be like, here's how we do it at Palm City. <laughs> you got to tell somebody, though. You're as only successful spiritually as your secrets. You're only as safe as your secrets. And we're not going to confuse your struggle with your identity. I'm just going to call my struggle what the Bible does and live in relationships and let the healing power of the Holy Spirit and the community of God help me become the person God created me to be. And I want you to as well. Number three, find meaning in your life. I love what Paul said. He said, my life's worth nothing to me Unless I use it. Notice we didn't just say find it. You've got to use it. How do I confirm my calling? Acts 20 says. You've got to use it. You've got to finish the work assigned me. Paul had an assignment and he tells you what his is in the next verse. But you have an assignment. And you can find it today. We, that's why we have the growth track. It's to help you find your God-given assignment. Your work. The thing that God has for you. So why not now? Find meaning in your life. Fill the void with purpose and significance and quit chasing the things that never do what they promise to do and be filled with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to put meaning and purpose in your life and it'll change everything. And the last one, and we'll pray, live your life for the good of others. This is the highest level of living. Psychologists will tell you transcendent living. When I'm not living for myself anymore. If you've ever done that, that's an empty road. When you're trying to build your kingdom instead of his, there's a day where you, you get to a place where you realize, I climbed the ladder, but it was the wrong ladder. And I'm thankful for second chances, but the ultimate fulfillment, the real lasting change is when our lives are making eternal impact. When I'm leveraging my thoughts, my abilities, my gifts, my resources, my life in such a way that I'm, I'm saying, God, you can have it all. Here's my marriage. Here's my skill set. Here's my weakness. And if you get your hands on it, I'm just going to trust you can do more with it than me. So I give it to you, and I pray that I would live my life for others. And on this Vision Sunday, man, if we can do that, we can say this. Acts 13. Now when David, I want you to put your name there. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. I love this because it shows us that we have, a gen we have a generation that we've been given and we have a purpose. And it's not our purpose, it's God's purpose. But no matter how good or bad earth gets, I can't predict that for you. God promises to be with us and that we can be committed to him, committed to community and committed to calling. But as we serve his purposes in our generation, one day we're going to be with Jesus forever. One day, the asleep means they go to heaven. That one day when this life is over, remember the old hymn? I'll fly away. Let's get our minds focused on heaven more than earth. The biggest disappointment for Christians is when we feel like earth was supposed to work out. God said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. I'll never leave you or forsake you, but one day I'm going to give you heaven. And that promise of total salvation, life whole and healed, it's coming. And that's Vision Sunday. Amen, church? Amen. Let's pray together.
every head bowed, every eye closed. In your own way, I'm going to lead us, but I would just encourage you, whatever area God is saying, hey, here's your next step. Would you just begin to lift your voice and pray to God? Say, Jesus, we thank you for your purpose and your plan. God, we're so thankful for our local church, a place that you've created and your hands on. And God, we just can't get over the fact that you allow us to put our hands on what your hands are on. And we know your presence and your anointing and your power is here, not because of who we are, but because of who you are. So all those souls, God, that you came for, that you lived for, and that you died for, we give them back to you as an offering. As a church, God, through our service and getting here early and staying late and worshiping and giving and praying, we offer that as a sacrifice of praise to our God. Receive these souls as an offering from our heart, God. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of living for you, for the privilege of being called by you, for the privilege of making a difference with you and for you. In Jesus' name. And really quick, we're going to dismiss, but if there's anybody here, heads bowed, eyes closed, you need to give your life to Christ. This is, this is the moment. This is where it starts. How do you fill the void? Well, you got to stop excuses. you got to make the break. But you got to start with the main thing. And the main thing is receiving Christ as Lord. Making Him not only the Savior of your life, but the Lord of your life. If you're here today, and you've never done that, or a lot's happened since you did, and you need to experience the compassion and grace of your God today, you can. And I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I do want you to take a step of faith. Would you raise your hand and just say, hey, count me in. You could just slip it up, slip it right back down and say, hey, that's me. I, I love God. I'm in church, but he's just, he's just not first. I, I, I've got some, I need him. I need his power. I need his presence in my life. Come on, pray something like this if that was you. Jesus, today I receive you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins as I make you Lord and Savior. Empower me with your spirit. Fill the void in my life. And thank you for satisfying every desire with good things. In Jesus' name. Everybody said a big amen. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate God.